0: Okay, now we're going to uh, look again at some of Ruth chapter 2, although it's, a, it's spilling out of Ruth 2 a bit uh, this morning, what I want to say. But I just thought I'd read just a few verses from Ruth chapter 2 again. I won't read the whole chapter just to refresh your memory of, of, of what's happening. So Ruth 2, I'll begin at verse 14 through to verse 18. At mealtime, Boaz said to Ruth, come over here, have some bread and dip it in the wine vinegar. When she sat down with the harvesters, he offered her some roasted grain. She ate all she wanted and had some left over. As she got up to glean, Boaz gave orders to his men. Even if she gathers among the sheaves, don't embarrass her. Rather, pull out some stalks for her from the bundles and leave them for her to pick up. And don't rebuke her. So Ruth gleaned in the field until evening. Then she threshed the barley she had gathered, and it amounted to about an ephah. She carried it back to town, and her mother-in-law saw how much she had gathered. And Ruth also brought out and gave her what she had left over when she had eaten enough. Amen. Now, when we read... um, about the life of Jesus in the gospels we sometimes wish that he was still here with us in that same way now you know physically in person just like he was with the disciples if he was we think well he could just you know he could just sort things out for us he could deal with all our problems answer all our questions tell us what to do and tell other people what to do of course wouldn't it be so much easier we think So much better if Jesus was here in the flesh to step in and calm our storms, to multiply our loaves when we're in need, to do his miracles for us and just make things happen. But interestingly in John 16, Jesus said that that wouldn't do us any good. If he was there to just step in all the time, it wouldn't benefit us in the long run. Instead, Jesus said it was better for us that he go away so that then the Holy Spirit would come, who he described as the helper. The Holy Spirit does not work sort of separately from us in a unilateral way. God's spirit works with us, through us, in us. And Jesus said that it's better for us as human beings if it's like that, rather than God just sort of clicking his fingers all the time and making things happen without us and i think there's a reason why it's better that the holy spirit be be our helper working in us and through us and with us because only it's only then that we really grow and mature and learn and genuinely experience the life and love of god we are not just puppets we are living thinking learning growing persons And it's through relationships that we develop and that we are shaped into who we are. And that's true of us and God as much as it's true of anyone else who's important in our lives. So I don't think God is interested in just doing things by himself all the time without reference to us. I don't think God is interested in just being God, so to speak. The entire narrative of the Bible shows us that God always wants to work in us and with us and through us so that we are genuinely part of the story as we learn and grow and experience what it means to become the people God created us to be. Now that brings me to what I think is a really interesting theme in the book of Ruth and it's the intertwining of God's action and human action, of God's love and human love. Now, let me just give you some examples of how the, the writer of this book emphasizes this. So, notice in chapter 1, verse 8, Naomi prays that God will show kindness to Ruth, just as Ruth has showed kindness to the living and the dead, she says. So, that was something that Naomi believed God could do for Ruth. And so she asked God to do it. But then in chapter 2, verse 20, Naomi realizes that God has indeed answered her prayer, but he's answered it through Boaz, through the attitudes and decisions and actions, in other words, of another human being. May the Lord bless Boaz, she says. He has not failed to show kindness to the living and the dead. That's what she had asked for, remember, in chapter one, kindness to be shown to Ruth. But does she now mean in chapter two that the Lord has not failed to show that kindness? Or does she mean Boaz has not failed to show kindness? Well, in the Hebrew, it can mean either or both. And in fact, I think the ambiguity is deliberate because both are in fact true in their own way. God's kindness had indeed come through the kindness. Of Boaz. God answered her prayer through Boaz. And it's often that way, isn't it? As we live our lives in the light of God and his grace, God does use us to bless other people. God often answers prayer through our human connectedness. So in God's hands and through God's spirit, we ourselves often do become God's answer To one another's prayers now that means and i think this is really important that means that our everyday decisions and actions even if they don't seem like much to us at the time they are in fact very important sometimes our decisions and our actions towards one another can actually be life-changing for someone It reminded me of a a verse in Hebrews chapter 13, which is it's talking about continuing in love and showing kindness to those who are mistreated and not neglecting, it says, to welcome strangers because it says, in so doing, some have welcomed angels without realizing it. No, some, in other words, sometimes God is doing things through our simple, loving actions. That we're not even aware of at the time you know did boaz realize what the results of his kindness on that day in that field would be in the long run probably not almost certainly he did not realize quite what would come of this but you see god can do great things even with the simplest of actions now again there's something similar happens uh in chapter 2 verse 12 where Boaz talks about Ruth taking refuge under God's wings. May the Lord repay you for what you have done for Naomi, he says. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. So Ruth, he says, had taken refuge under God's wings, and Boaz prayed that God would reward her. But then I want you to look ahead into chapter three, because the very same phrase about taking refuge under the wings is what Ruth asks Boaz to do for her. So in chapter three, verse nine, she says, I am Ruth, your servant, spread your wing over me or take me under your wing, it says, for you are a family redeemer. Now, some English translations obscure that a bit. uh, But in Hebrew, she uses the same phrase as what Boaz had used of God's wing. But Ruth now invites Boaz himself to be an extension of that wing, shall we say, under which she takes refuge. She says to him, spread your wing over me. You are a redeemer to us. So again, the way that the author writes this and and uses those phrases means that God's action and human action are merged together through the language of this book. What is said of God is then said of us. What he does, what God does, becomes evident in what we do. The Lord's wing that Boaz himself spoke about then becomes Boaz's own wing, under which Ruth and Naomi find refuge. So you see what the book is showing us. What Boaz does in taking Ruth to be his wife actually fulfills his own words and his own prayer for Ruth about God's wing and God's reward. Now, just one more example. Uh, There is a recurring use of the word rest in the book of Ruth. And of course, rest is so often associated with God. So we think of God when we think of rest right from the beginning of the Bible, don't we? And in Ruth chapter one, verse 9, Naomi expresses a prayer again that God will give rest to Ruth in the home of a husband. Now, at that point in chapter 1, Naomi thought that God would have to answer that prayer by Ruth going back to Moab and finding a husband there. But of course, Ruth refused to go back to Moab. But then notice in chapter 3, verse 1, so at the beginning of chapter 3, Naomi has obviously been thinking about this prayer that she prayed that Ruth would find God would give rest to Ruth but she believes God now in chapter 3 verse 1 Naomi believes God would want her to do something about this herself so she says to Ruth my daughter should I not seek rest for you so that it may be well with you and what she then does is she takes action to bring about a situation where that might indeed happen And then notice in chapter 3, verse 18, the word rest crops up again when Naomi says that Boaz will not rest until he's sorted things. So what began in chapter 1 as a desire that God would give rest to Ruth through a new husband actually becomes answered by God through the actions of both Naomi and then Boaz. God does indeed give Ruth rest in the house of a husband but he does it through these people in her life. in her life by moving Naomi and then moving Boaz to provide rest for her so again the way that the author has written this and the connections in the in the vocabulary are important the work of God and the work of his people human beings go hand in hand God works through us to bring about his purposes as someone has put it, the kindness of human beings reveals the kindness of God. Or someone else has said, when people act with love, God is acting in them. Or another one, this is, this is my quote bit. There's lots of quotes that I like. So this is another one. This, this one, was re- I found this really thought provoking. Someone put it like this. It's almost as if human actions and words bring God into the world. I found that really thought-provoking. So, someone once said, and I couldn't remember who this quote was, somebody said this once, and I've always remembered it, God happens in the space between us. And I like that. G- Jesus said something along those lines. He said, "Whenever, whatever you did to the least of these, you did it unto me. It's as if he was there in our acts of kindness. God happens. God is there in those simple everyday spaces those everyday relationships those conversations those actions and words so one thing that i think this book of ruth wants to teach us is that actually god wants to work through us to bring his blessing to the world jesus said it's better that i go away because then the helper will come the holy spirit who works in you and through you and from you and so Prayer often goes two ways, I think. As we express our desires to God in prayer, he is sometimes communicating back to us that we might be part of his answer. Here in Ruth chapter 2, Boaz says, you know, it's, it's really good, she, he says, that, that Ruth has taken refuge under God's wings. But at the end of the day, Ruth at that point was still picking up scraps from the dust to hopefully feed herself and her mother-in-law. So the question for Boaz, and and often for us, the question for Boaz was this, what does it mean to give thanks for God's wings of refuge when a person is standing in front of you in need? God would call upon Boaz himself to think about that, and then to make that wing of the Lord that he spoke of visible, concrete, and real, actually make it bread on the table and eventually a home for Ruth and Naomi to rest in. The wing of the Lord materialized through the wing of Boaz. And key to this was the fact that Boaz had opened his life, his mind, his thought process, his heart. He had opened his life up to God and God's spirit and God's purposes and God's love and therefore also had opened his life up to all of God's possibilities and we do that by faith too as the writer of Hebrews in the New Testament says may God work in us what is pleasing to him or as the apostle Paul put it in Philippians 2 it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose Elsewhere, Paul was, when Paul talks about his own life and work, he says, I worked harder than anyone, yet not I, but Christ working through me. And that's true for us as well. Now, listen, don't misunderstand me. Of course, God can do the miraculous. God does, can intervene from outside, we might say, in miraculous ways. And sometimes he does. But my point today is that the norm the, the, the norm of God's work seems to me is that he wants to work through us. He wants us to be part of it and to experience it and to share it and so to grow and become more like him as we learn what it means for God to shape us and use us for his glory. So the norm of his work is his spirit moving in us and through us as we love him and love one another. And actually, I I think in its own way that that too is miraculous, what God does in us and through us and with us. Perhaps the incarnation of Jesus demonstrates just how true all of this is. You know, when God came to save us, he did not just zap a salvation from heaven from long distance, magicking away our sins or whatever. He knew he had to become flesh and blood. He became the human hands, the human feet, the beating heart of Jesus of Nazareth, walking among us, living, dying and rising again as one of us, with us, among us, for us. The Spirit was seen in full measure, of course, in Jesus. And that means the Holy Spirit was seen in full measure in a human life, through a human being is Jesus Christ. He came to his own, and even when his own rejected him, he still went and died for us and was raised again for our salvation. And now we are the body of Christ, we're told. So as a church, when we pray that God will bring blessing and that God will do things and that God will change lives or meet needs around us, let's also be asking whether we might be his answer to those prayers as well because we don't know you know we read this story of ruth they didn't realize in that field what god was going to do eventually the savior of the world came through ruth and boaz's line we don't know do we uh what ripples of grace god will send out from our steps of faith and hope and love so never think lightly of those everyday acts of faith, hope, and love. As the book of Ruth shows us, God can begin to change the world through those kinds of things. This chapter goes from emptiness to fullness. Naomi is empty at the end of chapter one, but by the end of chapter two, Ruth has come home with her arms full of grain. And isn't that a wonderful picture of our gospel? And it happens here because two people dared to love others just as God had loved them. But it's the same for us too today. It's also a chapter of going from death to life. Naomi is so despondent at the end of chapter one that she sees no future. It's like a dead end, no hope. But by the end of chapter two, instead of her saying God has brought bitterness, which is what she had thought, she now says God's not forgotten me. And it's wonderful in this book to see those those turning arounds, you know, these little beginnings of redemption as the story progresses. Boaz is described here as a redeemer. But, of course, Boaz in, in that is a picture of God, the redeemer with a capital R. And all these little turning arounds that we see in these chapters are, of course, ultimately, they're an anticipation of the gospel, the big turning around which is all about a new creation in Christ. So what we read here, for example, about Ruth receiving bread and being full with more left over, that reminds us, doesn't it, of when Jesus fed 5,000 or more, and everyone had their fill, and there was more left over. It's quite reminiscent, only when Jesus comes, he does it on a mass scale. Jesus, in other words, is everyone's redeemer. Boaz was for Ruth and Naomi, Christ is for us all, and he brings us into life and salvation, and his provision never runs dry, his grace never runs out, it's new every morning. So what will our response be to all of this? God is calling us to believe in him ourselves, to come under his wing, his safekeeping, his grace. But then also he's calling us to go out and be the people who extend that same grace and that same love and blessing of God to to everyone around us today. It's like Abraham in Genesis 12, to be blessed, he said, and to be a blessing. So let's pray that this chapter and this book will inspire us with what God wants to do through us as he calls us into that step of faith again to give our lives to him and to know that that God is the one who works in us and through us to do all his good pleasure and all the good things he's prepared for us to do and in that way God brings his light and his salvation to the world. Amen. Let's pray. Father it is exciting and humbling to know and to see throughout the scriptures how how actually you love to work through us. And sometimes we we look at ourselves and we can hardly get our head round why you would. And we know that we so often don't get it right, just like the disciples didn't when Jesus was with them. And yet he stuck with them and he insisted, I'm going to send the spirit and I'm sending you just as the father sent me. And, And you say that to us now. So, yes, it's exciting, tremendously exciting. But it is humbling and reminds us just how much we need your grace day by day. Lord, I pray—I just pray one thing, that we, we wouldn't forget how important those little everyday words, actions, decisions, the comforting arm, the listening ear, the encouragements, the prayers, that we won't forget how important they are and how much you can do through them, Lord. So may we take that thought with us tomorrow and every day and in every relationship and connection that we have with others. In Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen.